Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Guys in a Mike Show. Beautiful Tuesday edition of the uh, FineTalkZone.com experience here. Thank you so much for joining us. Lots to talk about. Got a lot of baseball action. We'll still recap. Uh, we haven't done this for a while, but we used to call it Residue Tuesday, where we would pick up uh, some of the thoughts and activities and opinions from the weekend in sports that we didn't get to on Monday. So we'll do a little Residue Tuesday as well. And, of course, we will listen at various times, various intervals to the show, to the award-winning music of the TalkZone.com. Ah, some call it motivational, some call it inspirational, some call it simply painful, whatever you call it, you got to call it the music of the TalkZone.com. Let's welcome in, uh, speaking of motivational and inspirational and occasionally painful, Sort of like a pregnancy. It's my good partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you? Well, I will I'll, give birth I'll, to joy and entertainment. How's that for an intro? I'm, I'm comparing you to pregnancy. And uh, I thought I handled it rather well, my friend. Yeah. Sometimes the, the less said, the better. Uh, a happy summer to you, my friend. It's the first day of the equinox, the aquinox, the uh, holocaust, whatever the heck it is. It's the first day of summer, longest day of the year. It stays light till 9.02. A happy summer to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Did, did you just compare the longest day of the year to the holocaust? No, I just threw that word out there. I apologize for that. Okay, because you are Jewish, so luckily yes. you can say it and only have people be... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would actually offend somebody if I had said that. But, yeah. but if it means people will listen to us because no. we did something controversial, it's not even worth that for you? No, I would not go to that kind of cheap throw. If people cannot listen to us for the very essence upon which we are, Big Dog, then we don't need to be listened to. We don't need cheap shows like that. No, we don't. That's what I, that's my point. Then, then again, have you seen our ratings, the last couple quarterly ratings? <laughs> maybe, maybe we should rethink our position. Uh but, uh, yeah, it's summer today, and I always say summer in, summer out. Thank you very much. Uh, so it's the longest day of the year. What's funny is yes. two days ago, uh, you know, I was out with uh, the girlfriend, and she's like, it's 9 o'clock, and it's still light out. I'm like, it's the longest day of the year is two days from now. Yep. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it's awfully fun to be out uh, late at night. Yeah, especially uh, fun if you were a Cubs fan at White Sox Park last night, rooting for the beloved Cub. They beat the uh White Sox 6-3 to three in the first of the City Series. I don't know if you got to watch any of that, but it was pretty good baseball. Cub versus Sox. Kind of a fun night at uh, U.S. Cellular. We'll watch the whole game, and it was awfully fun to watch Facebook blow up with all these front-running White Sox fans <laughs> as it was 3 nothing in the first. It was amazing. And, and, you know, I was like, you know, right when it happened, I really felt confident the Cubs were coming back and winning the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not kidding you, honestly. And uh, so... It, uh, what he called Carlos uh, Zambrano settles down. I think one of his best performances as a Chicago Cub in years. I mean, to to give up three runs in the first inning doesn't mean your your game is over. What you need to do then is bear down and give your team some quality innings after that and then let them get back in the game. And that's exactly what happened. Next thing you know, the Cubs get two a couple of innings later. Zambrano keeps on fighting them along. And then, you know, Starlin Castro with a, 
a home run, and now he has three RBIs on the night, and then Carlos Pena puts it away with a three-run jacket. So uh, uh, best performance by Carlos Zambrano by far. He's had better statistical days over the last you know four or five years, but I don't remember him. Maybe the anger classes are working, Coach. Zimbrano gives up three runs in the first inning during the Crosstown Classic Series when the Cubs are in fifth place normally. Mm-hmm. He ends up choking somebody in the stands. Okay, and this time he settles down and ends up doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. He just bounce back. He still looks like a volcano ready to explode. You get that feeling that at any moment, but you're right. He was able to keep the anger management under control in the mm-hmm. first two rows of the stands behind the dugout. Fortunately, nobody got choked. Fortunately. Yeah. But it was close. Another, if Adam Dunn would have put one out of the park, I got a feeling somebody would have, uh, somebody would have paid for it and probably would have been one of those fans right behind a third base dugout. But it was a nice win. I like you watched it start to finish. Unlike you, big dog, I went out and shot some hoops, did a little housework. I joined the game at about 8.30 via the DVR machine and then uh, watched the entire game, but fast forwarded through all the award winning commercials. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the entire game, and I was uh, changing in between the suspended Kyle, uh, Vanderbilt Florida game, the College World Series, and mm-hmm. the Reds Yankees. It was weird not to have two local games on, but be able to watch watch both the Cubs and the White Sox at the same time. You did not switch over to True TV and and see their uh, brand new segment. I think uh, Maids in Action or uh, Hotel Maids, the reality series. Oh, what they actually do to your stuff when you're not there? Yes. And what other people do to them when they are there. I love reality TV, but that's a stretch. It's a little bit too far, Coach. Okay, that's why I'm surprised. You know, you gotta, you gotta check your true TV schedule. Also, Comcast Channel 353 for your enjoyment. Big, it might be different where you are, but uh, all the old, it's a brand new station. I forget what it's called, but featuring all the old great TV shoes, including a, a Three Stooges mixed in with a Brady Bunch. Are you talking 353 you're talking about? Yeah, what's it called? There's a name is for it. Is that Attention Television or something like that? No. A-N-T-E-N? That's what it is. Right now, Gun Fury with Rock Hudson and Donna Reed. <laughs> Rock Hudson portrays a man searching for his abducted fiance. Oh. Reed. I thought he was going to play a man searching for his... Uh... Oh, oh, coach! After that is a good day for a hang-in with Robert Vaughn and one of my all-time favorite people, Fred McMurray, who donated $10 million to my college and saved it, and now it's named McMurray. A law-abiding citizen, Fred McMurray. Fred McMurray, of course, who made his uh, claim to fame and uh, father, not father, and sons. My, 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 hello, what the heck is the show? My f- no, my three sons. My three sons. I was starting to say my friend Flicka. That would not have been Fred McMurray. <laughs> they got everything on this show. You're you're right there. So it's after a good day for a handing. So after the morning movies, you get George uh-huh. Burns and Gracie, Fathers Knows Best, a couple of Dennis the Menaces. Get any Sanford and Son there? I need a Sanford and Son fix. I, have, I haven't got there yet, but okay. it was a good time. Elizabeth, Maud, I'm coming to join you. Uh, Three's Company. I never watched Maud. All in the family. I'm married with children. It's good How stuff. about you? Wow. Sanford and Son. Which is on at it's on at twelve thirty at night. Oh, That's wrong. Beautiful. Hazel. I never heard of Hazel. Coach. Beautiful. I'll tape it. Watch it first thing in the morning. What's Hazel? Hazel. Oh, Hazel was uh she was a housekeeper actually, and uh, it was a fairly famous situation comedy. Okay, well that I never heard of it. That's why I was surprised. I'd heard all because all of those were just classic television shows that were on like five, ten years. Like even Mad About You was on like eight years. And, you know that was I never watched an episode, but like my girlfriend at the time she never missed it. Like you, <laughs> you know so. Uh, oh, good.
goodness. Very first rock song, I think, uh, the very first hit song I ever listened to on the radio, WLS, Barney Pip, was the um, the DJ. Do you remember? No, David also wouldn't remember. Barney Pip, Barney Pip, Barney Pip, Pip, Pip. But was Hooray for Hazel by Tommy Rowe and the Shandells. That's scintillating. Thank you very much. Hooray for Hazel. Oh, please don't sing, Coach. Huh? Please don't sing. Oh, come on. I like to sing. Oh, uh, you like to. Save it uh, for the shower. Thank you very much. But, all right, so you didn't switch over to True TV and catch the new reality series, Maids in Action, whatever the hell it's called. I'm proud of you for watching the Cubs-Sox game. Good dedication to the cause. So the two of us, for once, Big Dog, both of us actually watched a game in full. This might throw off our listeners, but we could actually talk about a game together somewhat educationally today. Uh, yeah, we can, and, and I definitely <laughs> want to talk about it, Coach, but I also I also need some advice. And it's, it's kind of funny that I brought up uh, – you know, you, you, you said kind of like a, just, you know, not the right thing. You, I know you didn't mean anything about it when you were getting on the show. And I was like, hey, should we take advantage of it? Well, something happened in the Cubs-White Sox game against the Yankees. Okay. I mean, the Cubs-Yankees game on Friday. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it. I could not believe what I saw happen in the dugout, okay? Bob Brenly and Len Casper definitely saw it, but they did not say anything. And they immediately cut the camera away. Talking about right. the interview with Zambrano? No. Okay. I'm talking about something, that, but I saw it. I think I'm the only person who saw it because I've tweeted about it. I know you get my tweets. You probably have been reading about it. Okay. I know, so I know you You know exactly what I'm talking about, Coach. No, uh, I don't. But I know because you you're not even a follower of my tweet. Yeah, actually, I think I just, I just finally got on. Somebody on the Cubs dugout did something extremely embarrassing on television. Okay. But it was quick, and I was able to rewind it and record it. So I'm going to have to, like, videotape it. Should I throw this Chicago Cub under the bus, somebody that I really like, just? Because, actually, I'm, I don't think it's bad. But was, it a, was that a nose pick? No. Uh, okay. One of the Chicago Cub players was acting like he was smoking weed, smoking joint, and then passed it to a teammate while they were standing in a circle. Mm. And I'm not making this up, Coach. Showed it to I showed it to the whole family last night. Though mm-hmm. everybody that's running for me, they that come down there, they're cracking up. They were like, "Oh no, oh no!" So I, I think about doing a little piece about it, and then getting it out there. Because trust me, it will like people will start passing this around, Coach. I did not hear of that. You're the first to inform me. You might be the only person aware of it, but uh, I have it. I have it recorded on television. Can we make recorded. a guess which player it was? Yeah, go over that. That's, that's what I'm saying. What show? Guest number one. Can I do it now or, or no? Yes. Yeah, please, please. I'll throw over the whole show. I'm not going to give it away. The obvious way, guess, and it's probably incorrect, but i got to throw the obvious one out right off the bat, is uh, Trickster Games to Ryan Dempster. No, it was not Dempster. All right. I don't know why, but Matt Garza came to mind. Oh, that's it's not a, because he always has that toothpick in his mouth, which would be confusing, but no, it wasn't Matt Garza. It was Garza. not Garza. Okay. And by the way, I don't want Matt Garza being my fourth starter or my fifth starter, but he could date my sister anytime. I really like that kid. Yeah, I like Matt Garza. Very even though I, mean, I really don't think yeah. he's that great. He's into it. He's very competitive. Uh, would not have been Giovanni Soto because he already had the problem. Oh, How about a Reed Johnson, just to throw that out? Uh, it was not Reed Johnson. And uh, if it was Giovanni Soto, he, yeah. that would really be disappointing. Yeah, because he had an incident already. By the way, Cubs, Sox fans, baseball fans, you want to check in? You saw the game yesterday. You want to talk about any of the baseball or played in the major leagues yesterday? A little open the show up, a little baseball around him up and wrap him up. Feel free to give us a call. Big dog and a coach. It's your Soyvis 888-463-6748. I got two guesses left, Big Dog. I will go with. Oh, boy. 
about Jeff Baker? Oh, what a great name for a guy smoking weed, but no. <laughs> Never thought of it like that. Not Jeff Baker. I think it's a pitcher. I don't know why, but it's got to be a pitcher. Final guess out of the bullpen. We are going to go with. Out of the bullpen. Who are we going to go with? All right. How about uh, Rod- Rodrigo Lopez? I don't know if Rodrigo Lopez fumar uh, del mota, but I'm not. Right. I'm not sure about that. And coach, you know what? Throughout all my years of playing sports, I, I have found that like there's a couple positions in sports that that the guys don't smoke a lot of weed, like offensive linemen <laughs> and defensive linemen yeah. smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> I, I, I'm being honest. Hard hitting sports here. We're breaking down marijuana smoking by position. This is fascinating. I'm being, I'm being serious. Like a people, like pitchers don't do it. The only pitchers that I can think of all time that have ever like been found out and people are like, oh yeah, he's a pothead are Tim Lincecum, who is like known to, they say it's puff puff before the game and I'm not kidding. I don't know if it's true or not, but that we know, we all know he smokes it. And then Lee Smith of the Cubs. Mm hmm. That he would disappear in the middle of the sixth inning and come back and be like chilling on the bench. Yeah. He actually had it in his glove. You know, some players when they get disgusted, <laughs> they kind of shout in their glove. He was actually doing something in the glove that would inhale the uh, marijuana smoke. Lee Smith. Yes, yes. That it had it had been out there. Now I yeah, I'll, work for I'll, him. Hey, one hint: he is from an area of the country that is renowned for it. See, I'm not sure. I know how many. Cub players where they hail from, but uh, so is this kid's from California? Uh, from the state next to it, Oregon. Okay. Oregon, not DJ LeMayu, please. Oh, no, that he's from, uh, I, I know he went to LSU. I don't know what state he's from. I'm pretty okay. sure it's Texas, though. That right. Maybe he's from either Texas. Well, or go back to the positions in baseball. What, what Typically, what positions uh, tend to well, smoke the wacky tobacco? Without a doubt, outfielders and catchers. Interesting. You would th- you would think those are the two furthest ones away, but yeah, the definitely outfielders and catchers. But these, this guy is neither one of those. Not Aramis. Oh, it wasn't a, if Aramis did it, it I think uh, I would have already yeah. bought a camera and done everything I needed to do in order to. <laughs> Aramis is already so low key and mellow. If he actually smoked pot, which can make you a little bit mellow. It might like debilitate him to the point of comatose. Yeah, and you know what I mean? I mean, he's already, he doesn't need to smoke to become mellow. He's already the most mellow individual I've ever seen. Now, this guy's high energy, a smart player. Not Darwin Barney, please. It was Darwin Barney. Oh! My favorite player? Darwin Barney. Oh, favorite you're killing me. Your favorite player. You're killing me. You tell me Darwin went one toke over the line, sweet Jesus? I'm not saying he does it, but I can't imagine Ugh. anybody who does not uh, smoke that that would be doing that in a dugout, Coach. I'm going to, as soon as I figure out how to actually record this off of my DVR, I mm-hmm. will get it to you so you can see that I'm not just making it up. Darwin Barney was doing it <laughs> and act like he was holding the smoke and handed it to somebody in the in a line in the dugout. Absolutely kill me. Darwin Barney, who I'm anxiously awaiting getting back in the lineup. All right, well, that's fascinating. Big Dog uncovering something others have not seen. Again, 888-463-6748, leading our show off with a little baseball talk. But uh, despite that discouraging remark, Big Dog, it was still a nice win for the Chicago Cubs uh, yesterday. A, A therapeutic victory, I think, for their mental state. Yeah, and and I don't I don't care what anybody says. 
Like, if I think I'm being overdramatic. And, and let's face it, the Cubs aren't going to win the division this year. They're not making the playoffs. And any other year, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, because in it, I mean this because I'm admitting this right now. And the, I, the White Sox series means nothing to me as opposed to other series. But when the Cubs aren't good, I know they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. This series is a little bit more important than it is in a yep. typical year when the Cubs are yeah. actually okay. fighting for the national central a, division. That's a good analysis of it. And uh, so uh, when and when the game was done yesterday, my guy Len Casper, and you know how much I, I love him and his analysis, <laughs> he, uh, he's like, this is the biggest win of the season for the yeah. And I was like, I totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. They, were, they got punched in the mouth, and they – they came back, they fought back, mm-hmm. and they're playing, and they got five more games against this team. And if you think about it, besides the Cardinals and these five more games, how many more games is Cub Nation really going to be paying attention to? The whole nation, not just guys like us, Coach. Yeah, not not many would be the answer to that, and WGN's yeah. not your superstation anymore. By the way, only 36,000 fans, not even a sellout. At U.S. Cellular Park yesterday, so the buzz for Cub Sox, not very good, but... Uh, I'll tell you what, Big Dog, I'm probably an island of one. Maybe you'll join me on the island. I've watched more Cub baseball this year, again, via the DVR, but I've watched more Cub baseball this year probably in the last 15 years. Something about this team, I enjoy either that or my life has become extremely boring. Probably a combination thereof. It's definitely a combination of both because uh, I, I, I definitely have not watched the most Cub baseball this year than any year. But it's, mm-hmm. uh... Well, you're in, you're in a new burgeoning relationship. Oh, that has nothing to do with it. She realizes that. I am on the 19th year of a somewhat less than burgeoning relationship. I mean, it's burgeoning, and it's just burgeoning at a slower pace than your burgeoning. Well. How's your burgeoning going, by the way? Everything good? Pretty good. I usually can burgeon while I'm watching the cut. <laughs> that has the, the cut. That has the, uh, No comment. If I can't. If I can't burgeon and watch the Cubs at yeah. the same time, there's no burgeoning that's going to happen. You are a multi-talented individual. I'm not quite sure I want to know the specifics behind that, but let's just say you're multi-talented. Multi, you're able to multitask. Yeah, but you know what they say when you multitask, you just do two things half fast. <laughs> Let us go out to the phone lines real quick. Again, you can check in at 888-463-6748. Cubs knock off the Sox. We'll get to other baseball stories in just a second. But it's caller Brian checking in on line 14. Brian, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Double B. Double B. You and different. Haven't heard you in a long time, especially you, Joel. How you been? Uh, doing uh, doing phenomenal, Double B. Why do you even have to ask that question? The guy burgeoned last night, and he watched the Cubs win. Of course he's doing good. I've been married four-plus years, going on five. No more burgeoning in public. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things just happen. Listen, guys, you know, I listen to the show, and the <laughs> only thing I can honestly think is, you know, you know, great game last night. It was fun to watch because it was entertainment value. I mean, you know, from Ozzy kicking the, the mask of Soto, <laughs> well, Soto laughing about up. it to what? I'm glad you brought that up because I, everybody else is uh, laughing about that, Brian. The, uh, Giovanni Soto laughed about it, and I'm so glad he did because I erupted. I was so mad. Oh, come on, dog. That was. Come so, on, big dog. He, you know, no, no, I'm a little upset about it, but I, I'm different about my equipment. It was, it, kid, I used to shine my football helmet. I shined my shoes, okay? I would shine my belt buckle on my football equipment. If uh, somebody else kicked my equipment, me personally, you can say, come on, come on, come on. I'm just letting you know. I would have lost. I would have been Mount Vesuvius Sombrano if that. But it wasn't. The key was it wasn't personal. It just happened to be there. He paused for about a quarter of a second and kicked it. If it was personal, (laughs) if he would have looked at Soto, you know, then I would have agreed with you. This just. 
this was just mere happenstance. I'm, I'm glad Soto was able to laugh it off. No, the big I'm, thing I'm, is, is how Soto takes it, not how he takes it. I mean, if Soto would come out angry, then I'd be like, okay. But you know what? Soto left the mask on the ground. Ozzy, who knows what he was ranting about and what language it was. Soto <laughs> found the whole thing funny, so everybody else found it funny. Did you ever see Soto smile that big in your entire life? No. That's why I think it had to have been a mixture of, like, you know, Spanglish. Yeah. A little bit of, like, English swearing, a little bit of Spanish swearing. Because Soto seemed to enjoy it way too much. And I don't know why it took Bob Brunley and Len Casper. Were you guys like me? I could see on, like, the second or third replay that the umpire got it right. They they watched it, like, four or five times, couldn't figure it out. Finally, when they came back the next inning, they said uh, they showed another replay and said, oh, hey, the ump got it right, and Ozzy was wrong. I caught it on the second or third replay. You can yeah, see yeah, it was so a good they, call. They had a but real nice been- angle. It also depends where you watched it on, because if you watched it on uh, WCIU, if you watched the White Cat, White oh, okay, Cat, I did not. they didn't show that angle at all. Ah. Because I, that was honestly just a Comcast angle, because I kind of went back and forth, because I wanted to hear what both teams, especially when, like, Ozzy blows up, because then it's fun to hear both, both I sides. I didn't know the game, was, the game was on the U as well, huh? Uh, you know, yeah, you, didn't they used to just choose one, play, uh, like, the, the booth guys for the series? You know, when yeah, the, it used the other to be home the week team series, but now they decided, you know, forget it. It's kind of fun to watch it in both. So you can watch it either on, like, at least yesterday, it was the U or Comcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was actually that. on the U. I think uh, well, caller Brian might have been – I think he was actually t- watching True TV's new reality series, Hotel Maids in Action, and I think he's uh, giving oh. us a whole bluff. Hey, by, by, by the way, back to the Cubs game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> by the way, Double B, have you heard anybody talking about this Darwin Barney incident? What Darwin Barney incident? Okay, see, there, 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 see, Coach, nobody knows about it. So I, I, I do think that we here at Two Guys in a Mic could actually break a bit of a story. Yeah, well, uh, caller Brian, well, before you called in, Joel related a story on Friday's show. On Friday's game, they did a brief thing in the dugout where Darwin Barney apparently had a group of Cubs around him was faking smoking a marijuana cigarette. They quickly cut from it. <laughs> Nobody else caught it, but the big dog caught Darwin Barney in action. Uh, I, you know, I, I, only, I barely have time to watch the games, nonetheless, all the like, preview stuff. So, no, I, I <laughs> Well, Joel's, Joel's a professional. He catches these things. Well, you know, we get the eye for detail. No, I completely miss that. So, either way, you know what? The, the big thing with this whole series is I don't expect the Cubs to do anything. Uh, they've been got off of the watch. I haven't sit through a whole game till last night. Really? So, God yeah, I, I don't know what it is this year. Maybe it's the, the team being sub 500 so badly, you know, the constant movement of, you know, I, I usually like watching rookies play, but to be honest with you, you know, they don't seem to just want to admit that they're going rookies, so they keep throwing in the old guys with the rookies and rotating and this, you know. I, I kind of just want them to go in a direction, pick it, and then I'd watch. I, I Facebooked someone yesterday, uh, Brian, someone uh, – not directly connected with our show, and I got abused for it, and they, they thought I was kidding. I was actually serious, and my, my quick response was a Colvin at first, Barney at second, DJ Lemayu at short, Starlin Castro at third, and I said, and then my final comment was I'll sit down and listen for my answer, and I got abused by many of that Facebook person's listener. I thought I'd like, that's the infield I'd like to see. Well, but see, I'm, I'm with you if it's that, because then you're saying, okay, we're going to go young. Yeah. The problem is they never actually admit it. You know, you keep throwing Pena in there. You keep throwing Soriano in there now that he's back. Colvin, I don't even know why he came up, because honestly, I don't remember seeing him much when he did come up the second time. You know, to me, it's choose a direction, put the boat in that direction, full throttle, let's see what happens. In the meantime, here, they're just going back and forth. Here's the direction. You trade Aramis Ramirez to Cleveland. They need a third baseman. You trade Carlos Pena to the Cardinals. They need a, they need a, a first baseman. 
you uh, give a cabbie two thousand dollars to give Alfonso Soriano a ride to a, an area that we have no idea where it belongs, and then, then you start over. Okay, that's, that's what you do. You put all those guys out the pasture. No, no, Brian, I, I agree that you want to take a decision. I mean, I understand what you're saying there, and, and I'm with Coach. I like the fact that they're trying to go young. Which of these old players are playing too much? Besides, besides. Alfonso Soriano, which we all know is playing way too much. But I'm always with Coach. Hell, throw Colvin in there. And, and you know what? Fukudomi, great. You know, he's he's average. You know, he, you know, find find a way to get Colvin in there five days a week, four days a week. Let's see what he's got. And then if he is garbage, then great. He's hot garbage. We get rid of him at the end of next season, and we go look for something else. But you got to figure out what you want to be. This team's not a championship-caliber team this year. And they're mm-hmm. not going to contend. Brian, you remember, do you remember in 06, 06 was the year before 07, obviously, when the Cubs made the playoffs. Yeah. And that was the year after 05. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, uh, that was the year that the Cubs were absolutely horrible by May 15th, and they were horrible in 05, too. Derek Lee got hurt. We, the Cubs are going anywhere in 06. They played Nessie Perez all year long. And out in left field, I forgot who they were playing in left, but they wouldn't play Matt Merton. Not that, we're go- not that I'm saying Matt Merton was any good. But in 07, by the way, now he's the number one hitter in Japan. Yeah, but when he wasn't a, a major league hitter, though, at the time. and But we couldn't find that out. So, 07, we go in there thinking that uh, he's going to give the Cubs, you know, a 300 average and drive in 80 runs in 100 games. And also, we found out he was garbage. We could have found that out earlier. You're exactly right. Whether Koval is good or not, the the Cubs need to find this out immediately and quit wasting games with Pukadome and those guys out there. Exactly. Listen, hey, I got to get going, guys. I just wanted to call in. I haven't talked to either of you in a while. Also, just want to let you guys know, and I know this is just kind of a shameless plug, but I'm going to do it anyway. The Chicago Fire has a developmental team that plays out of Evanston Township High School. Woo! Yeah, I am doing the PA Forum this Friday. Oh, very nice. And so feel free to come out Friday night at 630 at Evanston Township High School. You can see the future of the Chicago Fire, and you can listen to the dulcet tones of one Brian Bauer. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Wednesday, speaking of soccer, the, <laughs> the CONCACAF Cup and. Joe, I don't think I mentioned this to you, Brian. I'm sure you're well aware. Are coming up this summer, the Women's World Cup. I, for one, am excited. I, I love the soccer women. I'm the leg man, so that always worked out well. Mm-hmm. So I, I will be watching. Right, make sure you tune in tomorrow, uh, Brian, around 10:30. We're going to have Alistis Karasatos, Ooh. a potential first-round draft choice from Greece. He speaks no English, but me and the big dog will be interviewing a potential first-round NBA draft choice. Should be interesting. Well, then I am so happy that, quite frankly, that all your shows are archived so I can listen to it again and again. That's fantastic. Yes. And, and again, Joel, we, we continue to find out people that English is a second language somehow enjoy our show a lot better. If you don't thoroughly understand the English language, we come off a lot better. I wish we'd have known Brian D. was uh, coming on because if we'd have known, because the itches love Brian. <laughs> a lot more itches would have listened if they knew you were coming on. Right, Brian, thanks for checking in. Have a great day, my friend. Friday we'll be there at Evanston High School. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. I like that. Well, hey, anyone wants a shameless plug? Go, yeah, come, come on. We are the place for shameless plugs. Not a problem at all. <laughs> right? Yes. Give us one. I mean, we'll be more than happy to get Absolutely. One. Might be your son's, you know, rock band playing at a local neighborhood festival or something. You want to do a shameless plug, there's no better place on Internet radio than the two guys in a mic show. Give us a call at 888-463-6748. Me and Joel are not shameless. Either should you be. All right. Anything on tomorrow? Uh, yesterday, yesterday's game, 6-3. Cubs came back and won. Nice victory. Carlos Pena, big dog. We can say we want to say the young players play. He is playing better. Still striking out too much, but 
he's starting to jack the ball out of the park, so that's oh, nice yeah. to he's, see. The last three weeks, he's been really hot, really hot. But uh, just like what Brian was talking about, how the fact that they're not going to win the championship this year. So if they win, what, two more games with Carlos Pena playing the rest of the year, or mm-hmm. can we see Tyler Colvin play first base the rest of the season? You know, mm-hmm. that's what he's talking about. I'm a little but, torn. Cause I, 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 the mix and match, I can kind of see. I do like, I like Mike Quade, period. I like the way he manages. Uh, hands on to me, Mike Quade, when he comes out to the pitcher's mound, he actually teaches and he talks. And he strategized. There's just something about him. I think he connects more than a lot of other managers. I like him. His lineups now, he's going back and forth, switching guys, giving guys rest, kind of. And, and I'm torn between, hey, go with the young kids or go with a set lineup. That's part of my thought. And the other part is I like the fact he's basically playing right now, anyways, his entire 25 man roster, and he's keeping everybody rested, playing different guys on different days. Yeah, well. I, I guess sometimes you kind of do have to mix and match. Do you really want to go out there with eight rookies? You know. Yeah. I mean, that's so. I, I think you got to kind of like have some type of mix and match in some way, but yeah. just try to play as many rookies as you possibly can. And it's easier to mix and match when you don't have any superstars. I mean, you know, Jeff Baker and DJ Lemayu are easy to mix and match because neither of them is the second coming of an old Joe Morgan, if you know what I mean. Uh, no, and you know what? Uh, I don't think uh, DJ LeMahieu is going to be the Cubs' starting shortstop in the future. I like him. I, I really don't. I, I think he's going to be. Maybe he is going to be an, an, an everyday player, but I, I see the guy as being like their their versatile sub, like their super sub that can play pretty much any position. We'll, we'll see mm-hmm. if he okay. was their if he was their shortstop. That I'd have no problem with that. Coach. Yeah, well, I need to see him play. I don't know how strong his arm is. Starlin Castro still worries me a little bit. Had a great. Defensive game, you know, again, Brenly and Casper messed up at the end of the game talking about Starlin Castro, their player of the game, and they mentioned the big base hit and the home run. They did not mention the fact that he made three or four real good defensive plays, couple deep at shortstop, another one where he decided not to go to second base on a would-be force out when the guy was running on the pitch and went to first base, made a good decision there. But defensively, he was very good last night, Big Dumb. Yeah, made a, another play going uh, up the middle and threw across his body, but uh, like, but he he kind of set up before. Normally he would just wing it, but he knew he had some time, and he kind of turned his shoulders and, and squared up a little bit before mm-hmm. he threw it, which was rare to see Starlin Castro do that. What advice, Greg Walker, the hitting coach of the Chicago White Sox? Again, baseball fans, you want to check in? Big dog and a coach, right here for you at eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. If you were Greg Walker, the White Sox hitting coach, who might be listening to this program, big dog, he's had some success certainly with some Sox batters. Adam Dunn is in the funk of all-time funks. Three strikeouts yesterday. If Greg Walker's listening, or maybe even Adam Dunn, what, as our uh, expert hitting analyst on the show, what would you tell on Adam Dunn? Uh, I would tell him anything. He's a DH, right? What I would do is uh, I would go find myself, like, a very good chess player that's willing to work at, like, 10 bucks an hour, okay, Mm -hmm. and have him just hang out in the White Sox clubhouse, okay? And in between that bat, Instead of Adam Dunn, sit in the in the dugout and let him think, because this is the first he's ever been at DH, let him think about how bad he is and about how bad he looked in his last at bat and about mm-hmm. how the pitcher totally owns him. Well, he just walks out of the clubhouse, and instead of thinking of that, he, he plays chess with the guy until uh, they click him up that he's in the hole and he's going to be at bat in two mm-hmm. So basically you're saying it's common with anybody who gets in a slump thinking too much. 
It's between the ears with him, Coach. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. It's absolutely. His bat speed's there. But he just, uh, people are like, oh, he doesn't have a bat speed. No, his bat speed's there. He just happens to, he swings two seconds left. Yep. You know, the bat speed's fine. He's just not pulling the trigger. And, and the bat is nowhere near the ball. It seems like he's lost his eye-hand coordination. Absolutely. That's what it looks like, Coach. It's interesting. It's, mean, it's it's when I say fascinating to watch, it's almost kind of sad to watch. How about you mentioned trying to get his mind off it? How about just having him um, ride the bicycle or do some sprints? I, I think like some you're just sitting too much. He, he needs to get the blood moving a little bit, you know. Sprint back and forth like ten times up and down the batting cages. Have him work up a sweat. Get him mad. Somebody punch him in the face and then send him up to bat. Or just like uh, have him play like wee baseball. In yeah. Between. You know, he can put on the glove. He can go into mm-hmm. the clubhouse, go down there, and you know, and then uh, act like he's playing first base for the, the like the. You know, I'm. I mean, this. I'm kind of joking about this, coach, but mm-hmm. maybe that's not that bad of an idea. You know what? If you're not used to DHing, uh, there's something to a coach. I don't know how I would be like if I if I struck out in my first yep. at bat, and then all of a sudden I had to sit too much sitting for. For three innings until Absolutely. I don't get to do anything else to help the team whatsoever. Absolutely. Too much sitting, I think, is not good for any athlete. I'll give you an example uh, real quick at a high school level, Big Dog. My nephew was pitching in a sectional opener game. He came in out of the bullpen and pitched. Uh, his team was behind. He pitched like two or three real good innings, shut him down. Meanwhile, his team uh, had two innings during the comeback that were, you know, they were hitting the ball, pitching changes, really long innings. Where he's and he's not hitting, so he's just the pitcher. And I commented to the uh, some of my relatives that were next to me is you know he, he should be out running. I mean this these were like two literally half an hour innings. They should hit before going to the pitcher's mound. He should you know do some sprints up or down or something like that. You sit, you sit, you sit, and sure enough, he went back out to the pitcher's mound after the second long inning uh-huh. with a big lead. Walk, 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 hit, walk out of the game. So the the point is, you know, athletes, you got to get your adrenaline kicking in before going in and competing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, not, it's some, and maybe Adam Dunn, you know, that's that's what he's used to. It's funny because last night, uh, uh, Jason Giambi hit a bomb, a home run for the Colorado Rockies as yep. uh, they went in and, and beat the Indians last night. And he said somebody was talking about some of his teammates, like he's been talking about this for weeks. He can't wait just to sit around the dugout and bat four times because he's a, a National League guy. Mm-hmm. Like some people are made to be a DH, just absolutely made to be a DH. Like Edgar Martinez was not emotional because no matter what you say about Adam, Dunn's kind of an emotional guy. You know what I mean? He's he's up and down. Edgar Martinez was nice, calm, cool, collected. He making out, he'd walk his butt back in the dugout, sit down and watch Ken Griffey Jr. go get him out in the mm-hmm. center field. Some people just aren't made for it. I guess Jason Giambi is, Edgar Martinez is, Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas. I mean, he obviously is. You know, some guys just can't do it, Coach. All right, game two tonight, 7.30, City Series, Cubs, White Sox, Mark Burley taking on Matt Garza, by the way, our new intern weather forecaster from the weather department, Frosty Waters, has informed us, Big Dog, despite the fact that it's sunny and hot out right now, there is uh, some potential serious major thunderstorms tonight. So there is a chance if you sit in uh do some more burgeoning tonight while you're watching the, the baseball. You may have more time to burgeon than watch baseball because they might be canceled tonight. A definite threat of rain. Okay, well, yeah, the 
the girlfriend was coming out to a war and we were going to go to, you know, do the whole Shinto, watch the movie thing. So maybe that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I was like, I forgot it was Cubs White Sox. Yep. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to go, you know. $12 hibachi isn't such a good deal when you're missing Cub White Sox. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you there's that possibility according to our brand-new weather intern, Mr. Frosty Waters. All right, uh, let's move on real quick in the in the rest of baseball before we get to other stories, the big story from the injury front, and I'm sure you're well aware, big dog, most baseball fans are. Albert Pujols, we talked about it yesterday, where I said you could look at the replay and it did not look good. Well, it wasn't good. Uh, the wrist is fractured. Albert Pujols is out four to six weeks. It's almost kind of sad, dog, because he was in such a hitting zone. Pujols, when he is you know in his zone, which he is more often than not, he's fun to watch, but he's out Four to six weeks, big big problem for St. Louis. Yeah, it's a broken forearm, so uh, that's serious issues. There's nothing wrong with the shoulder, though. Uh, the wrist slightly sprained, but the, uh, but in the the break being in the forearm is actually a lot better for him in the long run. Now, for the end of this year, I don't know whether he's going to have an F at the rest of the season. People say four to six weeks. I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're talking about an injury now. Hopefully the forearm makes it a lot better than having it in the wrist because I thought it was the wrist. No, well, well, he's got a sprained wrist and a broken forearm is the exact diagnosis. Oh boy! So, um, but the shoulder's fine. Uh, little pain in the shoulder discomfort, but like there's no nothing structurally wrong with the shoulder. So the the thing is with him, you know, he's got such a violent swing coach. I mean, it's he puts a lot of torque on a bat. Yes. I don't know. They say four to six weeks. I don't believe it. And I'm not wishing anything bad upon Albert Pujols. I just don't think it's going to happen. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you are our hitting expert here on the two guys in a mic show, but the forearm and the wrist, that, especially for a guy like Albert Pujols, that's where a lot of the power is generated. Exactly where he's injured is exactly the part of the body he uses to hit those home runs. And he's a right-handed batter, and it was his left arm that uh, was broke. If you think about Albert Pujols' swing, if you picture that thing, it's his left arm that's doing the brunt of the work coming down and mm-hmm. takes his top hand off. He swings with one arm. It's his left arm. So that left arm is going to have to decelerate the bat. If you, if you think about it, this uh, this injury is extremely debilitating to Albert Pujols in the short term. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it's. Uh, there's no way it's only a month. Mm-hmm. They say four to six weeks. It's six to eight. Period. And and if and if I'm if if I'm the Cardinals, they're going to resign Albert Pujols. So that, him acting like he's not going to sign back or play the open market, whatever, he's going to end up being back with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have to be smart and do not rush him back whatsoever. Okay, because hopefully it's not as bad as what happened to Derek Lee. But if it is, Albert Pujols is going to be a 320 homer guy instead of a 330 40 mm-hmm. homer guy. I mean, that's going to be the difference. He won't hit as yeah. much power. It's going to be tempting if things stay as they appear to be. It's hard to imagine right now, anyhow, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, St. Louis, anybody pulling away. It's going to be tempting to bring him back as early as possible because you figure the Cardinals will be in the thick of it, and when he's ready to come back, it's uh, getting near crunch time, big dog. Yeah, they, were, they signed uh, Lance Berkman. You know, mm-hmm. to, they were like, well, he, he, we, he can still hit and – even though he's horrible in the outfield, he can still hit. Well, now they got Lance Ber- Berkman. He slides over. He plays first base for him. And John Jay, who's the hottest Cardinal right now, gets to play every day in the mm-hmm. outfield. The Cardinals, I will be surprised if they fall out of the race, Coach, by losing Pujols. Because yeah. 
this year's team, unlike other Cardinals teams, really it would be equipped to handle, not handle, but absorb a loss of Albert Pujols for mm-hmm. about a half or so? They'll, they'll find a way. I agree with you. By the way, our medical people telling us that it is the official term for his injury, a non-displaced fracture in his left radius. So you are correct. Forearm near the wrist. Let's quickly get to some other baseball action. Big Dog Atlanta knocked off Toronto yesterday. Two to nothing. The story there is Tim Hudson. He pitched beautifully. Timmy Hudson, he's got to be mid-30s, late-30s at this point. Two nothing victory over Toronto and the two runs supplied by Tim Hudson, who hit the ball fairly deep in the left field, big dog. So he pitches a shutout and hits a two-run homer. Not too bad. It was a bomb, Coach. An absolute bomb. Uh, Ricky Romero was pitching a phenomenal game. A shutout. No runs uh, so far in the game. It's in the bottom of the seventh. And then, bam, Ricky uh, uh, Tim Hudson turns one around. It, Ricky Romero looked disgusted. He, he was Ricky Romero was one of the top pitchers in the game of baseball, Coach. You know, when we were talking about the American League Cy Young yesterday, we could have actually mentioned Ricky Romero. If the Blue Jays ever scored any runs when he pitches, because every time he goes out there, he pitches seven innings, gives up two runs, and they lose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ricky Romero, tough luck pitcher. Tim Hudson, a total jack yesterday. I mean, that was that was about a 400-foot home run, Coach. Uh, New York beat Cincinnati 5-3. to three. Let me interrupt real quick because you said total jack. It did bring up something I wanted to bring up, our obituary of the day. We do have to mention uh, from the TV show and the hit movie, Jackass. One of the stars of that, Ryan, help me out with his last name, Doug. Dunn. Who? Dunn. Dunn? Ryan Dunn. Oh, I thought you were still stuck on Adam Dunn. Ryan Dunn passed away, not doing one of the stunts. But in a car accident, very uh, sad. And, again, I'm not a fan of the Jackass movies, but he was a pretty big star for the young kids. And, Big Dog, do we have confirmation? Was it an alcohol-induced uh, driving incident? We don't know, Coach. Okay. We don't know. You uh, sound like you're a little – You are you a fan of the uh, TV show slash movie? Absolutely, Coach. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, I've met Ryan Dunn before. And I've, You've I've met him? With those guys and stuff. And, um. It's just sad, and I, I really hope that it's not alcohol-induced. I don't even know if they're going to even test the bodies. They were all burnt up. Um, hmm. no, it's sad, Coach. Interesting. We t- you know, touched the nerve with the big dog. A 33-year-old, uh, I mean, kid. He was a 33-year-old kid. There's no question about that. The guy had no responsibility whatsoever, and it was basically – if you would see him, but he took care of his whole family. You know, it was like a weird thing. He had no responsibility whatsoever, Coach, and he acted like a kid constantly, yet he was the guy that, you know, made sure that his, like, whole family was taken care of. His sister went to college and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait, you said you met him? Yeah, I've met him before, Coach. I've actually, wow. like, been out and partying with all wow. those guys. Bam, not Johnny Knoxville wasn't there, but mm-hmm. Bam Majera and Ryan Dunn, uh, Steve-O, all those guys were out. just And, oh, my Coach is unbelievable, unreal. They 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 don't party like rock stars. Rock stars party like jackasses. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. So I'm not gonna act like oh I'm boys with them and friends with them, but you know what I mean. I you know yeah. they probably wouldn't remember me at all, especially with the amount of tequila they drank. Good time was had by all. Just unfortunately, yeah. all does not remember anything that happened. Yeah, good point. All right, David, did you have any uh, more information? Again, Ryan Dunn from the movie Jackass, sadly, tragically passed away. It is known that he was drinking that night, oh, but they don't know if that 
cause a crash. But mm-hmm. I mean, he was going in excess of ninety miles an hour. Oh boy! What did he hit? A tree? I think he hit an, he hit an embankment, and it just launched him off the road. Yeah, basically. That, that that's that's the only thing I know about it, uh, David. Was that he was launched, flew off the road. Oh boy! And like into a wooded area, like was like bounced off trees and stuff. So. And he was by himself. No, he was with a friend, and they they haven't identified the friend's body yet. The friend has passed away too. Yeah, though, I don't know if they've had yet, but as of like eight o'clock, right before the the baseball game yesterday, mm-hmm. they had not identified the friend's body yet. Mm. So, mm. okay, all right, moving right along. I had to to bring that up. I apologize. I did not know there was a uh, personal sentiment in there, Big Dog. But uh, like I'm sitting here, like, oh, I lost a friend. It's not like that at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's, okay. It's, you know, I, but I mean, it, you you have a good impression of somebody. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, wow, what a good guy. Yep. So. All right, uh, real quick, finishing up the baseball. Yankees beat Cincinnati. Boston beat San Diego 14-5. to Boston's game, 10 runs in the seventh inning. It was a tight ball game, and they picked up 10 in the seventh. That's what I call uh, – that qualifies as a big inning, I would think. I would say that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big inning. Adrian Gonzalez facing his, the San Diego Padres for the, the first time uh, after, uh, after yep. the trade in. Uh, wow, what a game he had yesterday. Three line drive rocket hits, three RBIs, two runs scored. Uh, the Boston Red Sox lineup, the, the, Jed Lowry, who is one of the best hitting shortstops in baseball, goes on to dis- disable this. Marco Scudero takes over, and he's been hitting 400 ever since he's been, you know, got the starting position mm-hmm. back. Carl Crawford starts really hitting the ball and playing well. He gets a mild hamstring strain. They put him on the DL. They, we gave you $142 million, or $122 million. Oh, no, $142, excuse me. We're not getting you hurt at the beginning of the season. So they put him on. And, and they're still scoring 10 runs a game. This lineup is as good of a lineup as we've seen possibly in our lifetime, Coach. Uh, that was my follow-up question. When's the last time you saw an everyday lineup as talented as the Boston Red Sox from a hitting standpoint? Okay. And now, if, if, when you start looking at the stats, these stats for this pitching era that we're getting from this this 2011 Red Sox team, you could compare it evenly with a mid 70s Cincinnati Red. That's that's the best okay. one I remember. Because, because coach, if you if we really go statistically, I could bring out some Colorado Rockies and some Cleveland Indian mm-hmm. late 90s clubs where he'd be like, "Really, Joel? Are you you're making this up?" You would say I was lying to you. Or the Astros in the in like in 2000 in the year where the average team in baseball scored nine runs a game when they were using helium in the baseballs and, and uh, every player had a needle sticking out of his butt. But the, the, the mid-'70s Reds lineup, Coach, when you, you're talking about yes. Foster, Cesar Geronimo, Ken Griffey Sr., Pete Rose, Dayton Simpson, Joe Morgan. Tony Burnett, Perez, the RBI machine. And, and the catcher was the home run hitter on the team, yep. Johnny Bench. Yeah, I, you know what? I, maybe I'm a little sentimental. I don't think this Red Sox team just Ooh. yet quite matches up to what I, that was the best top-to-bottom hitting lineup that I've, that I've ever Adrian seen. Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez. I know Tony Perez is a great RBI guy. Is better than Tony Perez. Oof. Justin Petroya. I know because Joe Morgan's a Hall of Famer, and then Joe Morgan will be more than happy to bash Dustin Pedroia because he's a good <laughs> second baseman. On behalf of Joe Morgan. But uh, Dustin Pedroia is a, an American League MVP award winner. Yeah, okay. Joe Morgan was better. I know he was. I know he was, but it's not as great as you might think. You know what I'm saying? Dustin Pedroia is pretty good. I think okay, per- so Dave Concepcion and Jed Lowry, obviously Jed Lowry's a better offensive player than Concepcion. No, no, not obviously. I'm not all that familiar with the uh, artwork of a Jed Lowry, but Davey Concepcion was a very functional 
Very functional offensive hitter as well as a good defender. He was good with the bat. But we're just, we're just talking lineup now, not like okay. overall right. skill players. Right, okay. that's what I'm talking about hitting. Now, or, Pete Rose versus Kevin Euclid. Pete Rose, 1975-76 versus Kevin Euclid right now. Kevin Euclid. Okay. Not okay. by much, but Kevin Euclid. Okay, now here, here's a good one. George Foster versus Carl Crawford. George Foster. Yeah, I know. George Foster had 52 home runs in the yeah. 70s one year. Uh it, in the center field, uh, well, we got J.D. Drew, J.D. Drew, oh, Jacoby Ellsbury versus Cesar Geronimo. That's that's a no question. Jacoby Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Ellsbury is could be the MVP in the American League if it wasn't for Adrian Gonzalez. He's having that kind of year. Ellsbury's hitting around three thirty. He's got like nine homers and he's stolen thirty bases already. He's and he's leading Major League in run scored. Outside and, of that, he hasn't done much. No, no, he really hasn't. And then J.D. Drew versus. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., we're going to have to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. And Johnny Bench over, who's the Boston catcher? Uh, they 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 rotate the Veritech and Fulso Lamacchia. Okay, yeah, so, I think Johnny Bench has a little yeah. bit of a of a nod there offensively. So, overall, and again, the season's not done, so the story's not finished. Yeah. Slight edge for the Reds, but, but just to mention them in that team picture puts them in a very elite company. So the Red Sox, the yeah. team to be. Yankees, though, are, are hanging in there, big deal, as are... Tampa Bay and Toronto a little bit. So that American League East, and even the Baltimore Orioles are not a horrible team. They won yesterday uh, beating the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that AL East is stacked. But you got the Red Sox there clearly. But Boston and Philadelphia in a World Series, dog, if they both were able to go through the series, you know, the different playoff series, that would be one of the, potentially one of the better World Series matchups we've seen in our lifetime. Well, it would be, and if Josh Beckett continues Oof. to pitch how he has, and if Clay Buckholz is is healthy because they they just put him on a DL with a, with uh-huh. a slight back strain, if he continues to throw the ball, and John Lester, the fact that that's only a notch down from Lee Oswald Halliday, you know that's. It's, you imagine though, if both teams keep on a roll, the Philadelphia pitching staff against the Red Sox hitting lineup. I mean, honestly, that would be. I don't know if it's the two biggest markets ever, but that would be as attractive a World Series, and it's a long way down the road as we've had in a long time. I'm already getting chills thinking about the Philly pitchers against the Red Sox hitters. Oh, that would be awfully, awfully mm. good, Coach. Awfully good. And and to be honest with you, I, if you had to pick two teams that were going to be in the World Series, that's that's a good pick, Coach. Uh, oh, I know it's kind not... of front running, and considering that that's what I picked. On uh, April first, mm-hmm. what happens? I'm going to continue to say whoever picked that, that particular World Series was pretty smart this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, other stories uh, as we wind up the show here. About seven, eight minutes left. You want to check in? Still time to do so. We'll get you on right away. Phone lines open at eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Don't forget Thursday. We uh, alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the NBA draft coming up Thursday. We'll break it down. Have some previews tomorrow and on Thursday's show. A lot of European players, but um, I guess not much suspense on the first pick, Big Dog, but our Chicago Bulls picking in the 27th, 28th spot, something like that, uh, looking for a shooter, maybe a Kyle Singler from Duke. You know, uh, what, they need another shooter? Don't they have Kyle Korver that can shoot? Uh, we need another shooter. We need a legitimate two-guard that can score any way they possibly can. Coach, what this team needs to do with this 27th pick is trade it because there's no way – they're going to draft somebody that is worthy of a roster spot. Why do you say that? Well, I'm assuming they have another guy from a draft pick, a European guy from a year before that 
that they're going to have to put on the team. I would rather have them just trade this pick for another first-round pick in future drafts because is, are they going to draft anybody that can really help okay. them? This is a weak draft. Whoever they draft in this draft is not going to be able to help them this year. I can't imagine them. Anybody would think it with a 27th pick this year is not going to give the Bulls quality minutes this season. Who think, honestly, Coach, who think going to get with this? You think Kyle Singler is he going to take uh, minutes from from Ronnie Brewer? You going to take them from Kyle Korver, Lou Aldang? So, uh, based uh, what you're assuming, and I think you may be correct in assuming that. The Bulls are going to have pretty much everybody back. We're not going to lose anybody. No, no, they, 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 everybody's under contract. Okay, basically. so that, that's that's the preface upon which you speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I can't imagine them getting anybody that they could. Yeah. They might not even be able to keep the guy. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Now you're right. Assuming, and I'm not sure all of your assumptions are correct. No, but no. If they're all coming back next year, you are right. It'd be very hard for a draft choice to make the team. Big, big, sexy. Kirk Thomas would be the only one. But still, <laughs> but. but I just, I get, for me, it's like a wasted first round pick. If you're, when you're taking your first round pick, if, I don't know, you have to have a reason to use it. I mean, I, I think, is this first round pick for somebody that's going to get some playing time five years from now? Is that mm-hmm. what they're going to do? Uh, possibly. Or, or two or three years from now? Yeah. You know, this yeah, is not, in this day and age, you don't go for five years. You might go for two or three years down the road. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause it's a, it's a right now type, type life. You know what? This isn't the football draft. Where the football draft, I don't care if you have fifty the fifty three top players in the NFL are on your roster, you need a first round draft pick. Okay, that's it's just a little different. In basketball, only five guys can play, only twelve guys can be on your roster. You know that's sometimes if you've got a really strong roster already, coach, instead of like kind of wasting this first round pick, trade this first round pick to somebody that that might want it. And say, hey, we'll take your first round pick next mm-hmm. year, or maybe the year after. And all of a sudden, the Bulls have a year with two first round picks, and they can do anything they want with them. Makes sense. Makes sense. Maybe uh, John Paxson, a guard farm, and listening. Just a preview, folks. A preview of what you'll be hearing tomorrow and Thursday as we break down mm-hmm. a little bit, not too intensively, the NBA draft. Uh, National Basketball Association uh, expert Joe Redwanski will be joining myself as we do that the next couple of days. You got a lot of expertise, but you're filling a lot of roles on this show. In case you haven't noticed. Well, 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 coach, there have been years I could have been a, a, an NBA draft expert, but yes. every year there's a, a new guy, there's a new itch yes. and a new guy from uh, that, yeah. around the world I've never heard of that yeah. moves up the charts. So well, bone, bone up on your Greek because we are hoping to interview Halistis Karasatos from oh, Greece tomorrow. Point. I'm not sure. Uh, is there a language? What do they They speak Greek. They speak Greek, yeah. What is Greek? I mean, I know the expression, it's Greek to me, but there's actually a Greek language. Yes, there is. And it's not based on Latin or the Roman languages. It is straight languages. Hardcore, fully unadulterated Greek. Yes. Very good. Uh, there's a tennis tournament that started yesterday, Big Dog. It's called Wimbledon. Not so arguably the number one tennis tournament, the most prestigious, if you will, the Masters of Tennis. The women and men started yesterday and... Uh, We'll be reporting on that on occasion. Rafael Nadal, the one seed for the guys. Jakovic is the two seed. Our Fed, Roger Federer, the third seed. Roger Federer, by the way, still amazing. He's won six Wimbledons in his life. I think he's going for his seventh, which would tie uh, Pete Sampras. But uh, just to think you've won six Wimbledons, to me, is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing, especially uh, tennis. Is, I know it might not be a, a beat-you-up sport, but it's a grueling sport, a grueling, grueling sport. That is, uh, 
six Wimbledon championships, Coach, that's amazing because that's basically yep. six year-round working your butt off not mm-hmm. uh, to win tennis tournaments. Speaking of grueling, are you aware, if you followed the story, you remember from last year it was John Eisner and yeah. the uh, the flying Frenchman Nicholas Mahout. I'm probably messing up his last name. Uh, you actually got it right, Coach, for the first time ever. Thank you very much. Um, and they played in the longest tennis match of all time. What did it go, 11 hours? The sec- The final set was an eight-hour marathon. I think they're showing it, started, it this morning on ESPN. It was unbelievable. Big deal, but, the, but started, by – what's that? It started during the first Punic Wars, Coach. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you when it ended. Um, but they're matched by sheer, we think anyway, sheer luck of the draw. They are matched against each other in the first round. Who would have thunk that? You didn't see the draw? Oh, it was hysterical, though. So the – like the one old English woman with the messed up teeth is holding, <laughs> handing the, the, like the tickets to the old English man with the jacked up teeth. Uh-huh. And, you know, she like read the first one, you know, and hands it to him. Okay. You know, the, the blah, 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 my mood. Okay. Then the other, they pull the other name out and she reads it and hands it to him. And right when she hands it to him, she realizes what just happened. Right. So she starts laughing. And the other guy reads it. And he says it, and like he looks around at everybody, and all the press is sitting there taking pictures at the press corps. They don't even say a word, coach, just erupted in laughter. I mean, it was a really, really uh, ironic moment. It was wow. pretty funny, coach. Well, I, you know, I DVR, I watch a lot of sports. I'm a big fan of the uh, post draw, the Kentucky Derby, but the pairings draw for the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament, not normally on my uh, evening DVR watching, but maybe I should start watching. Well, it's, Was there any in your. I was watching ESPN that day, and they showed the whole thing. Okay. What I wasn't actually – it wasn't appointment <laughs> television for me at the time. <laughs> All right. In your esteemed opinion, was there any behind-the-scenes nookie-nookie going on between the lady with the no teeth and the guy – how did you describe the guy? Uh, the old English guy with no teeth. Okay. Teeth. What do you think? Anything going on there? There definitely – there was a sexual tension, Coach. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we got to wind up today's show. Time flies and we're going fast. Dog, say, uh. Florida beat Vanderbilt in the College World Series. Florida goes up 2 nothing in the series. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. We ran over time today. Two guys and a mic signing off. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at 10.